host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness podcast. Uh, Today, I have an amazing guest. I got to meet her back in February live, like I did a lot of my fellow Apexers, and I finally got her to come on the show and share her experiences and her challenges of where she came from and, and how, and you know, she's, she's an author. She's just an amazing human being, but I'm going to let her share that. So Jessica, please tell the audience like who you are and what you do. Hey everybody. I'm Jessica Stroud. I live in Kansas city. So right in the middle of the United States where nothing interesting ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> I get asked all the time, do you live on the Kansas side or the Missouri side? So I live on the Kansas side. So I am a, I will, I will list my identities in order of importance. So first I'm a wife, right? I've been married to my husband for 17 years. And if you, if you don't know me, let me explain that as an accomplishment for him, because I can definitely be a handful. (laughs) I, I am a mom. I'm a boy mom. I have two sons, 11 and 12. And let's see. Ooh, is my oldest. Oh my gosh. My oldest is we have winter birthdays. So my oldest is getting ready to be 13. And so we'd be going Mm. to 12 and 13. So that's exciting. I own a business. I own, we own an, my husband and I own an insurance business. Again, nothing too exciting, just auto and home insurance. I wrote a book called The Lady CEO from the Corner of Dysfunction and Poverty to the Lady CEO. That was the number one bestseller. So that's exciting. I guess my claim to fame up to this point is even with everything that I have going on, my friends like Max, those who know me well, have started referring to me as the referral queen. They call me the referral queen because over the last five years, I have generated over 500 referrals a year for my insurance business. So in 2020, we we got over 700. And while that's incredible, The part of that that I'm most proud of is when I look over the last five years, we're averaging 500 and it's the consistency and the longevity that I'm most proud of. So I did recently create a program called the Referrals Without Asking Academy. So if you own a small business, you're an entrepreneur and you need help with that, just reach out to me. I'm happy to help you with that. Yeah, everybody, Jessica's amazing when it comes to the referral part. So Go ahead, Jess. Sorry, I just wanted to let everybody know how amazing you are when it comes to that. Well, the the my favorite part about Max's podcast is fearless and happiness are two of my favorite words because being fearless and being happy are both choices. 
Absolutely. Right. We get to choose if we're fearless or happy. That reminds me, and I'm going to let everybody know, like I met Jessica in February live and in person, and she is the same as you see her here. She's got a lot of energy between her and Danny. They can get a whole (laughs) room going, my friend Danny Galvez, and get us pumped up and motivated for whatever's going to come our way. Um, And it was awesome, you know, and I wish I could have went to the last live, but I'll be at the next one. But as everybody knows, I belong to a network called um, Break Free Academy, or we call it Apex. And I got to tell you, it's a like, cult. That's all right. We can say it. Yeah, exactly. it's a cult of fearless happiness. That's what it is. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't matter what level and we all know there's levels, but everybody treats each other the same. And that's why I've stuck with it so much, right? Because if I need it, hey, Jess, how do you do this? In regards to referral, like she would go, okay, let's get on a call and do this. And that's what I love about our Apex, right? It's kind of parallels my recovery family. And what I mean by that is like everybody, even though Ryan's our leader, right? But there's really no bosses because everybody helps each other out. And it doesn't matter if you're entourage, entrepreneur, or executive, right? And and that's like, I liken it to my recovery family where it doesn't matter if you have 50 years or one day, we're all going to treat each other equal and help each other eventually, you know, to our end goal. And that's to be successful. Um, So I got to meet Jessica in February and I've been following her. I got to watch her write her book. So Jess, tell the audience, like, because you just said from dysfunction to see to lady CEO, tell the, tell the audience, like, cause this whole podcast is about how we overcome our challenges, right? Using fearlessness and and happiness, but give them an, uh, you know, as deep as you want to go, like what some of your major challenges were to becoming such a successful business owner. We all get to a certain point in our lives that the shit storm that we're living in, we've created. Right. So it happens somewhere around like 17, 18, right? maybe even 16, where right. it's like, if you're the stuff that is coming at you, it's your own fault. Right. So I had, um, I had a, a beautiful mix of dysfunction early in my life. And when I say poverty, like legit poverty. <clears throat> so I, you know, I roll around with this high energy. Why? Because it's a choice. I roll around with this sunshine and rainbows attitude. Why? Because that's who I choose to be. And when Max said she's the same offline as she is online, that's super important. And and one of the things that in Apex that we recognize is you got to be, you got to be you and you, you can't just be this one person online and then offline, you have no energy or you're goth or whatever, right? When you come across the sunshine and rainbows. And so Ryan Steumann told me, he said, you come off like it's sunshine and rainbows and it's not, you've been through some shit and you need to tell people about that. Right. And so I, I, for most of my life, I'm, I'm in this little thing like, oh, well, I'm just me. Right. That's my deal. I'm just, I'm just me. There's not much special about me. And Ryan's like, that's bullshit. There's a lot special about you. (laughs) So, so over the last couple of years on my social media journey, I, I have started to talk about the different things that I went through, but nothing, nothing like I talk about in the book. And so At the um, executives level, we have something called Fly In Friday, where one Friday every month, all of the executives come in. And so we're basically, I'm in this room with people that I respect and admire. And I'm in the back of the room and Ryan is at the front and he's talking about something. And I'm pretty sure this was in October. And he said, well, Jessica's writing a book. And I, I didn't even necessarily hear it. 
And Nancy Meek, who was sitting next to me, she said, hey, Brian just told everybody you're writing a book. And I was like, what? Like he legit called me out in front of everyone. And so Tom Tom Keenan and Jeff Ducharme there to, oh, you're writing a book now. I'm like, son of a bitch. No. So, (laughs) you know, there's a, I was like, what the, oh shit, this is real. So the hardest part about writing the book, because, you know, when when you have an idea, it grows inside of you, right? There's a seed and it germinates inside of you and you have time to process things before you tell anyone, right? Before you, you know, your cookies half baked before you show it to anybody. And so uh, the, the hardest part was how do I tell these stories, right? How do I tell these stories of growing up in extreme in, in poverty and having to move every six months because my dad wouldn't pay the rent and have not having new school clothes and having to, to decide, do, do, do you take $20 and buy a fan so that you can sleep at night because it's so hot in Kansas? Or do you take the $20 at the Goodwill and get new school clothes? Like when I was 14, that's the decision that, that I had to personally make my brother and I had to make. So, and my parents divorced early and they were super unhappy and people who do not have joy in their heart, they can't give joy to other people. Like they just can't. So, um, two very miserable people shuffling their kids back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it was no, there wasn't this whole, oh, you see your dad at night and on the weekends, or you see your mom at night or on the weekends. There wasn't any of that. Like if you lived with one parent, the other parent was gone. Right. So, and I'm real good about shoving all that deep down, right? I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to do navel gazing. I don't really give a shit about the why, (laughs) right? You just deal with it and you move on, right? right? So, so writing this book, it was like, how do I tell these stories in a way that it doesn't come across as poor, pitiful me? And it took me months, like just months. And the first introduction that I wrote to my book was very negative. And I I thought, this is not me. Like, this is not, I wouldn't want to read this. So I had to just, I had to just brew on that for a little bit. It took months before I could actually start writing the book because I had to process some things. And so the, the way I wrote the book was now, listen, Half of it's about stuff that happened when I was a kid and other stuff is like, I'm a dumbass adult. And here's the things that happened. Here's the things <laughs> that I did to myself. All right. So let's just don't pretend like it was just my parents, please. So right. no, I get it. And then, so in the intro of the book, I, I started with people will say to you, if you could go back and you could change anything in your life, what would you change? And my reply is always, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change the dysfunction. I wouldn't change the poverty. I wouldn't change the idiot mistakes I continue to make on a regular basis. I wouldn't change any of that because to change any of that is to change who I am. And I tell you, I love who I am. Am I perfect? Hell no. But I've been through so much. There's this confidence in me that no matter what comes, I'm going to figure it out. Like I'm going to figure it out. I'm just going to figure it out. And so, because I had to, I had to go through all of that to get this confidence and to become who I am. 
and I have an incredible marriage, been married 17 years, right? I got awesome kids. Now they could work on their potty mouse a little bit, but you know, they learned the good cuss words from their mom, um, <laughs> their dad too. Right. But no, they're good kids. Right. And I have an incredible business and team and just the people like you, Max, that I'm connected with and that I get to talk to on a regular basis. Shit. I wouldn't change any of it, any of it. I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, you and I need to connect a little bit more, right? Because in redoing, you know, how Chris Whitehead, you know, who people know who I speak about him a lot, but they're doing that training, right. To help people build their machine and yep. Right. And my dream 25 kind of changed. A lot, actually. Yeah. And it's going to be kind of like yours where it's a referral, right? Like I know people, why not use them for as referrals? And, you know, but I'm like you, like I, I, there's times I've had those moments where I go like, what would I have changed, you know, in my story and in, in my challenges uh, growing up, you know, going through my addiction and there's probably nothing. There might be a couple things, right? Like I think back, okay, maybe I wouldn't have got so angry over here, but then I think about it. But like you said, it, it, it molds us into who we are today. And I think because of my experience, that's how I get to surround myself like people with like yourself and, and the executives over at, at all of Apexers, right? And it's just a wonderful feeling to know that I can, you know, Jesse may not have an addiction problem, but we just related like, cause we had our struggles and they are and they molded us into the people that we are today. Like, and I'm telling you, Jessica here is a badass. She runs like, here's my thing. And you're going to laugh. I'm right? fast anybody like who, a turtle, man. Yeah. I run and I'm <laughs> fast like a turtle. But anybody who runs distances, I always say, um, I can counsel you because I think there's something wrong with you. Like I used to tell oh, that to so an old boss. there's so much wrong with me. Yeah. There's I so to, much wrong. <laughs> I, had a, I had an old boss that used to run like the Boston Marathon, the New York Marathon, the oh LA Marathon. And I'd always yeah. sit with him when he would like meet with me and I'd go, you know, you would think us addicts are sick, but I go, what you do for fun. I go, if you really want to talk, I'm always free to talk to you. And he would just laugh and I would just go whatever. But, um, but that's who I run to burn. Us... The, I run to burn the crazy off. <laughs> See, I love it. Right. <laughs> I, I walk and I go to the gym to, uh, to burn the crazy off. But now that I've had my back surgery, I'll tell you, I'm going to try to run here in about a month or two. Right. They said, take yeah. it slow. So I'm still walking. The The surgery was a success. So who knows, Jess, you might oh. see me post. I'm in my first five, 3k, 5k, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, a dirty, a dirty little secret that I have, um, and part of my identity, right. I have, I talk about it in my book. I have multiple identities, which is very important. (laughs) Um, (laughs) not multiple personalities, multiple identities. There's a difference. People, there is a difference, right? So and running right is part of my identity again. And so I, I tore up my foot a couple of years back. And so that identity slowed down. That was difficult, but that's all right. But but just like with your back, my husband had problems with his back. And so a couple of years ago, about three years ago, he says, <clears throat> I wish I could run like you do. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, my back's messed up. This I can't run. And I said, you can run. You can run five steps. You can run one time around the block. And then the next day you run one step further, one step further, one step further. Right. And son of a bitch, if it wasn't within six months, he was him and the boys. They were smoking me like I'm supposed to be the runner in the house and they're running more miles and they're doing it faster than I am. And I'm like, hold up. This is my identity, right? <laughs> but that's but it just, it just, and, and we I think we just completely underestimate the power of sharing our struggles, the power of right. 
People are watching, and I mean that in a good way. Now, are the creeps watching? Of course they are. But we, Absolutely. around here in Apex, we wear our haters like a badge of honor. If you don't got any haters, you're not really trying. Yeah, I found out I got my first one. Oh, you did? No, oh, yeah. you have more. They just haven't popped probably... their heads up. They're like little moles. They're still hiding in the ground. <laughs> well, that's right. all right. Yeah, I kind of wear that as a badge Facebook of honor. Facebook has a block button for a reason. Right. And I've already done that. And it's funny. And this person doesn't even know me, but like now I'm getting they what he means. The more, the more people like identify with you and the more successful, and I'm not saying monetarily, right? Like the more you show up where you're trying to really change the world to be a better person, like these haters come in and are like, oh yeah, he's just trying to do this. And he's just trying to do that. I'm like, just whatever. I'm like you, like I'll laugh, whatever. Um, it you don't says even know more me. about that. Now we would be lying if we didn't say, yeah, that irritates us. Oh, and, yeah. And, and we let it, we let it, we let it get in. And then we have a little talk with ourselves, like, why are you letting this get in? Okay, just get past it. And then we, we, I think the difference between us is we get past it quicker than other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I have, you know, people like yourselves that I can turn to if I need like, Hey, Jess, you know what? I've been like talking to that voice way too much. What do I need to do? And you'd be like, dude, tell it to shut up. You know, like, let's move on. Let's get rid of it. But that's how our group rolls. Right. And that's why yeah. I always say, or you hear it like it, uh, it's who you surround yourself with. Right. Like it, I've heard it posted, right. Your, your network is your net worth. And I choose to surround myself like here at home with people that I love and care about. And then outside of that is people that truly care about me, but they lead by example, like yourself, you know, so going through some of your challenges, like let the audience know, like, if you want, what is the toughest one that, that you think of in your journey where you are today, like almost stopped you from continuing to be, a, you know, the, as we say, the best and most elite version of yourself. It goes back again to happiness as a choice, right? And and when you first you when you first mentioned it, you said something about success. Um, success is a choice too. Uh, how you define success is a choice. So in my twenties, and it's one of the biggest failures, and I talk about it more in the book. But when I was twenty, I got my real estate license, and I was a realtor. Now I was a realtor for almost for a little over ten years, and I was really, I was good until I wasn't right. That's the way it goes. I was awesome until I wasn't right. Right. And so when I was young and I didn't have a family and, and, you know, grown up so poor, man, I was chasing that dollar. And so it was very transactional next, 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 next. And I did great for about six years. Um, and John and I even made financial decisions based on me killing it as a realtor, right? Like different, we purchased our house and we got cars and all that. And then in 2008, 2009, well, coincidentally, that's when my children were born. Um, so 2008, 2009 were very difficult years for me. So both of my boys were born back to back, like 14 months apart. Um, one was born in October and then the next one, not the next December, cause that would be physically impossible, but just 14 months later, um, in the following December <clears throat> and, that along with, and I think women are not real open about talking about the emotional turmoil that pregnancy has on it. We all look at our bodies and go, oh, I gained weight. I got stretch marks or whatever, man, that screws you up mentally. It screws you up emotionally. It really does. And, and that's okay because of course our children are worth it, but we don't talk about, you know, it's called postpartum. 
We don't talk about that. And we absolutely should. And then to have two children back to back and then not like, I didn't have a team. I did my own thing. I had an assistant that helped me, but I was just a hustler. And then I just didn't have the energy to hustle. And my poor husband, he wasn't going to tell me, oh, get your pregnant house out there and sell some houses. Right. He just wasn't going (laughs) to do that. He recognized, right. He recognized what was going, what was going through. But then in 2000, let's see, 2000 in, in, yeah, 2010, because my second son was born December, 2009 in 2010, it was on my birthday. So it was August. We went to lunch and he said, Jess, you got to get a job. And I was like, what? And he said, (laughs) we've, we've run through all of our money. We've run, we're almost out of savings. You have to get a job because I was maybe doing a couple of deals a year. I mean, the market was terrible. I just didn't have the energy and the drive for it. And in that moment, in, in that I had to process, I felt like a huge failure. I felt like I let my family down. I feel like that weighed on me super heavy. Now, I will tell you that I snapped out of it pretty quick, right? I had to make a decision. What does success look like moving forward? Okay. Well, I'll be honest with you. What success looked like moving forward was I got a salaried job working in a call center, right? I made, I think I made like $35,000 a year, but we had really good medical benefits that we didn't have to pay for. We had this money that in, in addition to my husband's income, because we're a two income family, in, in addition to my husband's income, now we had this money coming in every two weeks. And was it a lot? No, it wasn't a lot, but it was more than I had been consistent with previously right. in the previous year. And it just brought this, this quietness over our household. I never had to work at night and on the weekends, my people did not call me at night and on the weekends. There wasn't this, oh my gosh, where's the next client coming from? It just brought this stillness and this happiness, this calmness to the house that we absolutely needed. And I, and in that time, I was there for about a year and a half. I was able to um, finish my bachelor's degree, right? So, so what are we doing? We're looking for the wins. I felt like I felt like I'd failed my family. However, okay, what do I do now? What can I do now? Okay, I got to get some income coming in. All right, let's get us some some good benefits. And that's going to save us because now we don't have to pay for that, right? We were paying for that out of our pocket. Okay, so there's a savings on this and this. And okay, well, I haven't finished my bachelor's degree, right? I I hear rumors that people can do that in four years. I was personally on the 11-year bachelor's degree program, but now I was at (laughs) this company, (laughs) right? I was at this company that now not only did tuition reimbursement, so they were going to pay for it. Guys, I worked in a call center. I did all of my homework and everything in between calls. They paid me to do it. So, right. I finished my degree, which, which led to um, a different job in marketing, which led to a different job in pharmaceutical sales. Right. So I was like, all right, I feel like I'm rock bottom. How do I start climbing up? How do I start climbing up? And that was how I started climbing up. Like, I feel like I, I mean, there was a point, I don't mind sharing this with you guys. There was a point where John and I were sitting on our bed one night looking at rental houses online because we thought we were going to lose our house. We thought that we were going to, um, and, and so that would have been like 2010 ish. And so luckily enough, we were a bank of America loan modification success story, which you just didn't hear about (laughs) that. Right. So, so like we had to be like, 
we're spiraling down and we don't know when it's going to stop, but it did stop. It did stop because guess what? It always does stop. And then from there, it was like, all right, this is our rock bottom. How can we climb up? And the, the, now I will not go back there again. I, I will not take my family through that ever, ever again. Um, but my marriage survived that. Like See, that's marriage. awesome. That's awesome yeah, to, we, to go through that with your husband. It, you knew he was your rock. You know what I mean? Like he supported you because I can relate. Like I, I went through this this last nine months. So in, in November, I lost my job, right? They eliminated my position. So I do the next right thing. You know, while I'm looking for work, I apply for unemployment, but nothing's coming in. I'm figuring, yeah. okay, so uh, December, January, I'm like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. And then I get told that it's going to some place I've never lived at. And mm. I just now re- started to receive some payments from unemployment, right? But I'm back at work. But it taught me something very, like, I think you were going to get into, but it taught me a big <laughs> lesson, right? I didn't give up. Yeah, it was stressful. You know, and I'll put it out here, my wife and I have gone through our savings just to, you know, to make sure the bills get paid. And so I'm at that rock bottom like you were, and I'm looking up going, that's it. I'm done. Right. I made a decision. Yes. I'm going to stick with being an entrepreneur. I'm a two. I'm going to, I'm not going to let an employer dictate to me anymore, like what I'm worth or, you know what I mean? So as I'm going through this journey, that's why I've been blessed to have guests like yourself to share what they went through. Right. Because it wasn't it in 2008, 2009, when the economy totally took a down for like the worst. It was the right. worst time in history. I mean, I guess since the great depression, but it was one of the worst times in history to be a realtor. It just, it was because so for reference, in a normal market, which we're not in right now, but in a normal market, if you, if a realtor puts a home up for sale, lists it for sale, they've got at least, they've got a 75 to 80% chance of selling the property and getting paid. Uh, in those times it dropped to less than 25%. That was horrible. 25%. But, but here's the deal though. So that was my rock bottom. <clears throat> I got my degree, had a salary, right? Hated it. Did it anyway. Cause you know, got to take care of the family. Right. Got my degree got a marketing job. I sold marketing inside of doctor's offices, which led me along with the degree to get a pharmaceutical sales job, which was a good job. But guess what? I was there for a couple of years. I was doing great. And I started to get the itch of being self-employed again. (laughs) I started to get the itch of being, being those Feelings of failure that were just like nipping at my heels. No, Jess, you failed. You failed, right? In 2009, 2010, you, your ass failed. You, and the, the whole, and I'm 43 now. So I talk to myself a little bit differently than I did then, but it's like people have like eight or nine careers in their entire life. It was time for me to move on. Why am I like, why can't I give myself grace and say, well, shit. Yeah, that happened. It was time to move. It was time to move on. Let's look for another career. But it just stung like this failure. So anyway, uh, long story short, in 2006, I did jump into insurance, which is the company that my husband and I own now. But for the first eight months, I kept that pharmaceutical sales job and I worked both of them. So even, and man, I hustled, I hustled because I was not, while I had this dream 
I was not willing to put my family in financial hardship again. Right. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to rock my poor husband's world like that again. (laughs) So, so, um, I, even that year though, in 20 or 2016, it all runs together, right? In 2016, even though I was working a full-time pharmaceutical sales job, I still ended with over, I think it was like 340 referrals in 2016 for my insurance business. Wow. So when, like when you're driven, you don't, you don't look at your full-time job as like a step back. So have you ever read, um, shoe dog by Phil Knight? No. Oh, oh my get list. it, get it. But nobody likes to talk about. And what Phil Knight talked about extensively in his book, which was such an incredible adventure was he actually had to leave Nike twice to go get a full-time job. Wow. Just to keep it going, just to keep it going. He had to leave and go, and he was an accountant and he had to go and get an accounting job, like at a corporate accounting firm, just to keep, just to keep the company afloat. Wow. You think you got problems? You wait until the government is coming after you for, I think it was like $40 million in tariff taxes or something or other for importing shoes. We don't got problems. We don't got problems. (laughs) No, we don't actually. Yeah. And And so that's, so people look at, Oh, I got, I got to go get a job to keep my dream alive. Hey, you need to be proud of that. You need to say my family, like we got to flip the script on that. My family is so important. I'm going to go get a job because I need peace in my house. I'm going to go and do what I got to do. I don't care if you're working at Dairy Queen or McDonald's. You're doing what you got to do to get some money in so that you can pay the bills. Stop being ashamed of that. Like wear that as a badge of honor. Oh, absolutely. Guess what? I took a job back at the place that eliminated my position in November. So, you know, because like you, I, I have to have that peace of mind that I'm contributing to my family, that I'm taking care of what I got to take care of. Right. Like you said, cause I feel better, you know, pride, set it aside. I have to do what I got to do. Right. So, but it's also working in my passion. So it's really not that tough for me, but go ahead. Well, and regardless of the pride, you make better decisions when you're not, Oh my God, where's my next sale coming from? Right. You will like you being relaxed and being able to just sit and have a cup of coffee or whatever, a beer, a glass of wine, whatever on the back deck and let those creative energies flow, flow, right. Or for you and me, you know, I'm coffee, maybe your tea, whatever. I'm coffee. That (laughs) to be able to be in that situation and not be super stressful, not be super stressed. You will come up with better. I mean, I love it when people go, oh, my back's against the wall and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, but you don't have to. Well, see, that's why applying like the stuff in the G code, let's say, for instance, right? Like we take care of this stuff. We got to take care of. I could have went one of two ways, right? Give up. Yeah. Right. I could have actually gone worse and gone backwards, you know, and made it. But it actually drove me to say, look, okay, I'm going to focus on getting this fixed and then I'm going to do whatever I got to do to take care of my family. Right. And that's what I mean by like person, like people like you, Jessica, that have taught me, right. Like, and the talks you give that I've heard or your posts I see, right. We don't ever give up period. Right. And I like to say, and Chris and I used to talk about this all the time, right? Like I'm Forrest Gump. I'm too dumb to quit. Right. I'm too dumb to just say, I, where's the white flag. There is no white flag in my arsenal. Right. (laughs) I'll do whatever it takes. See, and I'm a little bit later in life, right? Which 
I'll be joining Apex. My goal next year is to join the Apex. Either um, I want to join uh, executives, right? But I, I'm I'm doing specific like realistic goals, right? Like becoming my own boss by the beginning of the year, joining entrepreneurs, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting more specific than just going, oh yeah, I'm going to be an executive, but I have no plan to get there, right? Like so, I'm building yeah. this plan. Like yeah. that you guys have taught. Well, as executives executive. is the goal, but exe- apex entrepreneur is the path. Exactly. And yeah. um, so, you know, I, I could have, I could have went so many different ways, but and sideways, but I thank God I have the support that I have from like you guys. Like, I know I could reach out anytime. Hey, Jess, I have a question for you. You'd be like, okay. Right. Like I have Chris, I've known Chris for 10 years. Um, there's Danny. There's so many people I've even reached out to Ryan and he's answered me back on a few occasions, you know, a question I've had. So like, I always look at myself and I tell people like, if I can do it even later in life, right. I didn't start getting my stuff right till I was about 32 years old. Right. Like I was really deep. And like you said, how you wrote your book, it was very cathartic for me to, to write a book that anybody could use to say, Hey, if this guy can do it, I can do it. Right. It might be different paths, but look, let's figure out what works. And you know, that's the beauty of being a part of apex is like, we always have someone we can relate to. And, um, you know, like your story is amazing because you could have gave up, but you chose not to because you just don't have that in you. Right. And that's, I think why we all connect on such a level is like all of us just don't like to quit. We just won't quit. We won't let each other quit. So, you know, I, I really, man, this has been amazing. So what I like to ask, I guess, you know, is that fearless? How does fearless show up to you? Like, what does that look like in your life on a daily basis? Because, you know, are we really going to overcome fear? Not 100%, but, you know, tell the audience like what that means to you. So you can't stop the fear. That's for me. It's the fear is coming. Um, I know it's coming and I don't try to stop it. I'm real good about renaming my feelings. So I was taking my son, my 11 year old to his first jujitsu class yesterday. And I said to him, are you nervous? And he said, yeah, a little bit. And I said, you know what? I shouldn't have asked you that. He's like, what? And I said, we get to, we get to name the feelings. We get to decide what the feelings are. Nervousness and excitement are very closely related. So we get to say, am I nervous or am I excited? So people say, oh, you must love to speak on stage. I want to throw up right before I get on stage, right? <laughs> and and the, sometimes that fear, man, it just hits me. Like I'll go to make a Facebook post and I'm like, oh, what are people going to think? And it's like, wow, we haven't moved past this yet. No, no, we haven't moved past it yet. And so even for me, the fear, the fear of stepping out. So um the fear of stepping out will always be there. The fear of judgment, like it's there and I, it sneaks up. And for me, what I have recognized is I move through it quickly. I move through it a lot quicker than I used to. So my husband made the big, big, big mistake of pointing out to me last week that Jeep now has a custom pink color that you can order. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I need this in my life. I feel like I need this in my life. And so I've had to, and you know, people are going to see a pink Jeep. Like there's no hiding. And I had to go through this thing in my head. Like, am I a person that can do that? That's all eyes on me at a whole different level. And am I a person that could do that? Do I really want all eyes on me? And I had to sit with that for a little bit. 
I just sit with it. We <laughs> sold our house, our house of 16 years that we fought so hard for, right? We sold it um, earlier this year and we're building a new one. And, and my husband is picking out all of the finishes. Like he's picking out everything. And people are like, oh, you don't care. And I'm like, it's going to be the nicest house I've ever lived in. No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what the countertops look like or what the color is, right? We, we got two designers working with them. It's going to be fine. The price of the house surprised me a little bit. And I had to ask myself, Am I a person that lives in a house that costs that much? And it's so weird how these little things creep up on you. And I, I guess what my claim to fame and what I know about myself and how I just get to where I'm going is I don't try to not feel it. I just get through it fast. Oh, yeah. here it is. All right. How are we going to get past it? How are we going to get past it? Like, where's my vision board? Where's my affirmations? Where's like, where am I going? Where am I going? I'm looking down. I'm getting scared. Okay. Look up. Where are we going? Where are we going? You got to, I got to, I get through it fast, a lot faster than I used to. I see. And that's awesome. That, everybody's different. And that's why I love interviewing my guests because they all, it's kind of weird. It's all different but the same in the end, right? How they overcome their fear, right? Because it's true. Like some of us do extreme measures to overcome our fear. And I can tell you what I did. I jumped out of an airplane twice, once at 18,000 feet to overcome my fear of heights, right? (laughs) Um, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Just as all, come on, Jess, you can do it. I'll run a half marathon, but I'm not doing that. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. Um, So happiness, right? In my book, I spell happiness with a Y. And there's a reason for it. So what does happiness mean to you, right? How does that show up knowing I put that why in there? Happiness is how do you feel when you look in the mirror? We're all trying to make other people happy. I work with a lot of women who don't feel like they measure up, right? Maybe they don't feel like they measure up as a mom, as a wife. And it's like, measure up to what? Measure up to who, right? So I travel a lot. I go on a lot of adventures. I leave my kids at home. I'm real careful not to miss a lot of ball games, right? Those are very important to me. Tournaments. I don't miss tournaments. I plan my schedule around my kids' tournaments. But when we think of happiness, we always think outside of ourselves and it's not, it's you, right? So for me, that's why the why is there because happiness is an external. It is internal. I can tell you once we got things settled down in our house, Working at a call center, being with my children and my husband every single night, you know, it was like twice, once, once or twice a week, they would come and pick me up and they were in the back in their baby seats and we go to Fazoli's and have dinner. That was happiness to me, knowing that the bills were paid and that my husband was sleeping at night. I felt happiness. So happiness is not about other people. It's about you. You got to be happy with you. Now, if my, when my husband wasn't sleeping at night, when things were stressful and all of that, I wasn't happy when externally things calmed down because of the actions that I took, I became happy. Absolutely. And I get that because I just went on a trip, like a quick, we had to take our, uh, my stepson's dog, right? A big old Malamute in this small little Toyota Corolla. 1997 with the makeshift kennel, right? And with my wife all the way to Missouri, you know, and I got to spend some time with them and my grandson, right? But that's like, you can't, the time we spent together, my wife and I on that trip, you know, it could have went south, south, right? Like I'm uncomfortable. We, we pushed like 20 something as she did. I I'll admit I was the wimp. She did most of the driving there, but we had such a great time. You know what I mean? Just having that alone time together on this trip to take a dog our grand doggy back home, you know, and I get what you're saying because that's why I put the why in happiness. And I get it all the time. You spelled it wrong. I go, no, I didn't. 
I go, there's a reason wrong. Right. And then you said it perfectly for me. It's like, if I can smile at the guy that's looking back in the mirror, I'm happy. Right. Because then I know I've done everything in my power to make my wife happy, to make myself, my grandchildren, my children, and do the best job I can at work. How can you not be happy? You know what I mean? And you said it perfectly. You've been through so much in your lifetime. Um, So to let the audience know, because I really, you know, I want them, let them know like where they can get a hold of you. They want to work with you or whatever, or where they can get your book. I know you can get it on Amazon, correct? But let the audience know like how, if they want to reach out to you to talk to you or, or get to work with you or whatever, let them know how they can get a hold of you, Jess. I'm so easy to find um, all over Facebook and Instagram, right? So I'm Jessica Stroud on Facebook. Just look for the girl wearing the pink jacket. You'll find me. (laughs) And then on Instagram, I'm Jessica Stroud underscore lady CEO. And yes, you can get my book, the lady CEO at Amazon guys. It's only five 99, or if you want to get the Kindle version, it's two 99. We don't write books to make profits. We write books to change lives. So that's why awesome. most of our books are like under $10 is because we're not trying to make a profit. We just want to help change lives. Don't be afraid to slide into my DMs. It's only weird if you make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm used to it. So don't make it weird. Just slide on in there if you got a question. But here, don't do this. Don't go. Hey, can I ask you a question? Because I'm kind of a smart ass. I'm probably going to be like, no, you cannot. So don't do that to yourself. <laughs> just say, I have a question and just get to it, right? I'm a straight communicator. <laughs> she is. She does not mess around. Just ask her and she'll answer <laughs> your question. If you beat her on the bush, you might not get her back in a DM. I don't know. But right. I know from meeting her that just be direct and she'll, she'll, she'll answer your questions. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for doing this. I know we had to reschedule a couple of times, but this was awesome. Another amazing interview with another amazing human being, Jessica Stroud. Any last words or thoughts you want to leave the audience before we part? I just want everyone to remember you name the feelings. You name the feelings and your struggle is your story. Did I ever think I'd write a book? Nope. Did I ever think that others were going to look at me and see me as an example or see me as inspiration? Nope. I'm just trying to do me. I'm just trying to make my heart happy, take care of my people. And because of that, my light shines bright and it shines on the path of others. It sure does. Thank you so much for being a guest, Jess. I totally appreciate you. Um, I know we'll see each other soon, hopefully at another event. Yes, I'll be at the next live event. Actually, everybody, too, if you can uh, follow me, I'm doing a speaking gig in Pennsylvania. We're trying to break the stigma of PTSD, addiction and suicide, not only for military, but for everybody. So um, follow me on Facebook and check it out. And again, thank you, Jess. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Until next time, everybody, we'll see you later. Bye.